Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting that bell icon so you're made aware of any time I put new content on. Loads of videos going up. Um, daily we have new interviews going up, but sometimes two, three times a day. Uh, every interview, every memory, every guest is priceless. No, we won't you to miss any of them, so make sure you hit that bell icon. Um, some really exciting stuff coming up on the channel soon as well. Loads of great guests, including today's guest. Now, usually when I'm doing interviewing, I ask people what they've, they've been busy during lockdown. This man hasn't stopped during lockdown. <laughs> If, you, if you've got kids, the, his, his online lessons have been an absolute godsend for my daughter particularly. Um, you know, he's the education ambassador for West Ham Foundation as well as Premier League. But you might have seen him on BBC Two on his Monkham and Siegel show, um, University Challenge when he won Celebrity Mastermind. It, the man doesn't stop. The man doesn't stop. It's Bobby Siegel. How, Bob? How are you doing, man? Uh, cheers. I don't want to describe myself as uh, the Mark Noble of education. Like, I'm just, I'm hustling. I'm here, there, everywhere. I'm Mr. Education. <laughs> but you're always representing, though, because you're always doing them from that room with, with, the, with the shirt behind it, always representing, Bobby, always representing. Yeah, but very proud claret and blue. Like, I'm pretty certain my blood, if I, you know, if I cut it, there's a claret coming out of this. It goes claret when it's oxygenated blood, and then it's blue <laughs> when it goes away, deoxygenated blood, away from the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, so obviously you've been really, really busy. Um, obviously, schools have sort of closed on Friday, um, so you've got sort of the online lessons doing stuff. But you're as busy as ever doing lots of bits and bobs. All your quizzes? Yes, I do. Um, so for parents with younger kids, I, I do lessons. Like I do maths online. I do geography. I do history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I normally do weekly quizzes for the NHS. Again, Saturday is my, like, my family showpiece, like, bit of charade sing along dance along and the different themes like the one coming up on saturday is olympic themed i did a asian themed one i did a fourth of july so there's always themed ones but on wednesdays at eight o'clock i usually do a football a quiz again i love football i love quizzing i love i love talking as you can probably tell and you combine that together uh yeah so wednesdays at eight o'clock i was like a youtube facebook quiz um, that's brilliant for the NHS. All, yeah exactly all proceeds go to nhs which, which is fantastic and as you said you know yeah, football is in your blood uh, and West Ham is. And, you know, I know that I've, I've obviously read up about you, Bobby, and stuff. And I know that obviously sort of football got you into maths, um, particularly if you like the stickers and all the, all the stuff like that, wasn't it? If I remember you mentioning. Yeah, it was. So I remember because so I'm, yeah, born and bred, Newham, uh, East Ham my whole life. My parents are originally from South India, a place yeah. called Kerala. So funnily enough, my surname, my dad's surname is Jose like Jose Mourinho, because my family are Catholic. So in, in theory, there's another universe where there's a Bobby Jose. But my dad <laughs> read a book growing up called Jonathan Livingston Seagull. And it's about a seagull that dared to be a di difference. You know, seagulls are normally annoying. All they do is like yeah. eat fish and pinch your chips. And yeah. in this book, seagulls are like that. But one bird called Jonathan Livingston actually found there's a greater meaning in life if you learn to fly. And he taught other seagulls to fly. So my dad was so inspired by the book. 
Russ, like he wanted his kids to be inspired. So he said, oh, I'm giving you the surname Seagull from birth. So it's like a totally made up name, but it's my real surname on my birth certificate. So Bobby Seagull is a once in a lifetime, never been before name, maybe never again, unless I have Bobby Seagull Jr. So I've always been inspired to like educate myself and inspire others. Yeah. Um, and it's it's even more important now, obviously, with obviously teachers not being readily available. And you know, my daughter, she's eight, and I know that more more than other. You know, the the respect of teachers is ridiculous now. Uh, having to sort of homeschool and your sort of lessons, particularly sort of the history and geography. My daughter loves history, so you know she she always watches it, and it's it's quite funny. I was like, oh, I'm talking to Bobby. So oh, oh she's not here today because she would be back. She'd be nagging me to say hello. But um, it, it it must be lovely, you know, being able to. To impart your sort of your 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 love, your your knowledge to the younger generation, particularly now when they sort of need it. To be honest, more yeah, more. that's exactly Russ, uh, right, Russ. And when you're talking about how I got into maths and football, because again, when I educate people, sometimes they think, "Oh, I'm not, I, you know, I don't really get maps, or I don't really get yeah. history dates, or I don't really get maths." And what I try and do is try and find a way to connect it to them. And again, for football. Yeah. Um, I use that as a way of connecting with kids because most kids love football. Yeah. Not all love maths, I know that's the reality. And I got into uh, football through talking about football stickers. Um, I remember back in the mid-90s at St. Michael's Playground, you know, used to have boys and girls always comparing players, saying who's better. And they'd make comparisons like, oh, Letizia is better than Ian Wright. And, and when you ask them why, they just go like, oh, because he is, because Jeez. I'm bigger than you, I can tell you off. And I... <laughs> It took all the data from the sticker book, you know, the names, ages, heights, goal scored, left foot, right foot, penalties, and input into an early version of Excel. And then when players had sort of friends would have these chats, I would do a quick comparison and come back the next day and say, oh, you know, you said Letizia is better. Maybe he looks aesthetically better, but Ian Wright's actually more effective on the pitch just based on his stats. <laughs> my friends are like, you're a nerd, but you got a good point. And yeah. that showed me like, oh my God, numbers are powerful. And that yeah. just reinforced my passion for trying to find learning in the world rather than obviously the, the books are cool but if you can see you know whether it's through baking and helping your parents in the kitchen i mean you see yeah. numbers there whether it's looking at world politics and understanding how geographies and borders impact so just want to find ways of making it real for people and i found that yeah. football made maths come to life for me yeah that makes perfect sense i mean yeah i mean that's 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 the sort of that's the i think the difficulty with parents is they're doing a lot of home home education home home lessons and stuff and they necessarily don't know the way it was taught before uh or it's, they remember how they used to be taught and it's different and you know it's like me and my wife you know you know when they when my daughter's writing they write phonetically really don't they nowadays and and so my wife's like this makes no sense at all this is just full of spelling mistakes no it's not it's different and you're right finding a way to um to, to appeal to those uh to get to get sort of education is is cool and that's that's why i found difficult to be honest and that's why listening to your your lessons have, has really helped because it, i sort of nick a few ideas <laughs> i seem like this genius teacher yeah, and uh <laughs> but you said you know you've been you know new and born and bred uh you know didn't live you know a stone's throw away from upton park we can hear it i'm just a gutter nowadays because back then when i was a when i was a small boy seven eight nine we could always one we could see them the fans walking through east ham the, the ones who do the long walk rather than go to upton park yeah and yeah. then also here the west ham the, the choruses and i was also like oh my god one day we need to go there um yeah so and we could and when i got my first season ticket it was my gap year after school um and I went, went and bought West Ham season ticket and I could leave the house at about 2.40ish yeah. and not even walk super quickly and get to my east uh, end stand, the chicken run stand, in time for the bubbles chorus. And I was like, yes. Brilliant. And Because the east end stand, you could get in and out really quickly. My brother yeah. had a season ticket in the dot. He said the dot Martins are one on the opposite side, the big one. Yeah. And yeah, he would yeah. have to leave like 10 minutes before me to get to his. <laughs> because I could just, and I'd be waiting for him at the end of the game, chilling. And he's like in the big stand at the top. <laughs> that's the thing and that, and that but that's that's what i mean it's like you what was nice you, you, you sort of you could hear it and you could obviously when you weren't there when you was obviously you went going to the games you could hear the goals so you probably knew how the games are got getting on and as you said once you're there and once you're hooked you're hooked aren't you bobby it just gets into every, i mean you know you that's what i mean you know you you wore that top you know when you're you're filming and things like that you always got to do a little bit of west ham and it just creeps into like osmosis isn't it it just it's, gets like it's almost like a like a like in the, I guess in the 19th century and early part of the 20th century, many people went to church. Religion was a big part of life. And football's almost become that. Like it's our way of connecting with our community, our cathedral. I know London City will one day 
you know, we all grow to love it, I'm sure. But like Upton Park was our cathedral. We'd sing together, we'd worship together, you know, at the feet of, you know, De Canio and our yeah. minister, our pastors, Harry Redknapp, you know, that's what brings light, joy, light, life, joy to life, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. It is, there's loads of power. I think when people think of it like that, you know, they do t- treat obviously football like a religion, but their club is like a religion. You're right. And it's like, and if anything, the congregation has been more, more, uh, more useful ever since you know obviously it's lockdown because you know you've got all the banter and stuff and it's lovely to see i mean part of this channel was developed because of the west ham congregation the west ham family you know we wouldn't have i wouldn't have got to god knows how many subscribers and stuff it wasn't everyone well, being well interested. You to getting this together because again it's we've got such a great community west ham fans and it's brilliant people like you are just taking it out there and showing showing the world what we've got yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, I've even got, uh, I've even got rival fans. I'm going to be on their podcasts, and so you know, it's sort of talking about <laughs> it. So it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So, so obviously, you know, being a season ticket holder, obviously, you know, your family been season ticket holders for twenty odd years now. You know, from the old ground to the new ground. Um, any big memories stick in your mind, Bobby, of your time at West Ham? But also, maybe even doing stuff through the foundation. You know, people you've met or, yeah. or stuff like that. Oh, so this thing is like there's memories of games, there's memories of incidents. Like so, in terms of like when I first realised, oh, I, I like football and and the connection to the club was when I was um, in primary school. I yeah. played uh, for my team in central defence, St Michael's, and we came up against um, St Joachim's in a Newham tournament. And there's a lad called Jermaine. Apparently, we heard he's quite a decent footballer. Yeah, and I was a defender. And this guy scored five virtuoso goals. One was I miskicked. He volleyed it straight in. He scored a corner. I tripped him up for a penalty. He scored. I tripped him up for a free kick. He scored. And another goal, he picked up the ball at the halfway. line, went past all of us. And I kept him trying to, trying to like trip him up. Couldn't get anywhere. And he whacked him from the edge of the box. And then their teacher subbed him off at halftime. And this guy's name was Jermaine Defoe. Yes. And he ended up going <laughs> to my second year as well at St. Bonds. And I was so pleased and, uh, when later on he joined the club. I know he for about five years. Um, but... It just like it's just, for me, this weird like connection of how I played against someone thought he looked pretty special. I did an article for my like St Michael's like internal school newsletter yeah. saying this guy's going to be great. Um, and even when I, I got so after St Bonds, I got a scholarship to Eton for two years. When I was at Eton, he was on loan at Bournemouth, and he got like ten goals in ten games. Yeah. I remember like, him turning up in the Sun newspaper, and I was telling my friends at Eton like my like, middle class posh friends, I know that guy, I know him, I know Jermaine. Well, I don't know him; he's an acquaintance, but. I was like, <laughs> so like that was that was a cool family like connection to the club. Yeah, and and actually, when you was at Eton, I read I read about not only obviously you know West Ham royalty, but you played against. There's not many people who have played against the royal. Uh, see, Prince Harry, wasn't it? Prince Harry, yeah, because he was in a different house. Um, so it's weird. I would never call him. He's not a friend, but you know those people that at school that you recognise and you'd like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's yeah. one of those acquaintances that I, you know, he would nod in approval. But we. Uh, played against him in the cup quarterfinal, uh, and I was I'd become then a right back. It was yeah. like boxy utility. <laughs> I was a utility player for, for, my, for my school, my house, and he was left midfield. So we were tussling a lot. And then once I tried to nutmeg him, it didn't quite. I tried to chip nutmeg him, but it ended up hitting him in the crown jewels, and he went down. Oh, I remember for many years I was thinking, I hope he's fine. And then when I heard that he had a baby, a little Archie, <laughs> I was like, fine. I didn't. I didn't end. It's still working. somewhere. <laughs> But I was quite excited. Nearly not making. That's your that's your after dinner speech when you when it you is, retire. It, makes it, it makes it in. It's brilliant. It's br- fantastic. The kick, yeah, Royal and the Crown Jewels. You can't make it up. It's fantastic. Really <laughs> and obviously, since you know, obviously, you do a lot of stuff with the obviously the the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you've you know you've you know you, you beat Gareth Southgate at a quiz. Yes, he was. Oh my <laughs> god! So that was. The thing is, when people talk about, people often look at me and they go, Bobby, you're really smart and knowledgeable. Smart, I am, but I yeah. work hard at my knowledge. Again, with football, I'm constantly looking up league tables, stats, yeah. reading different reports. So I think it shows that, like, again, if you meet, again, as a teacher, some of my young students, they can read off so many impressive stats about performance and um, yeah. historical cup records and our managers. And then you ask them, like, okay, so tell me who was prime minister in 1985. They're like, no idea. Who was yeah. king in... 1500s and they're like no idea so it's, and it's not because the facts are difficult it's because they when they love something and they're passionate about it they absorb it and the same thing with me in football when i did celebrity mastermind 
I remember us having a chat at the BBC and they're saying, oh, can you pick something apart from maths? I'm like, easy, I'll pick football related. And yeah. I was going to go for West Ham and they said, can you pick something a bit broader? <laughs> if, I go, if, I, if I'm back on it, I'll probably pick West Ham. But I picked England at World Cup. So again, Studying football, learning about football is not a chore because just watching goals, reading reports, again, having this causal conversation. Again, if, if people are having a conversation about, let's say, Albert Einstein and relativity, a lot of people might go, oh, God, boring. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think it's if you find something passionate, it, it's not a chore learning, yeah. reading, watching about it, talking to people about it. And I, I think that's right. Making education exciting, that's the way to get people involved. Yeah. Totally. I mean, funnily enough, I was watching a, I was watching a, an old movie, not old, a couple of years old, um, on Amazon Prime the other day, uh, and it was about darts. Yeah. And uh, the House of the Flying Darts, it was called, and they were talking about just the mathematics involved in obviously darts because you have to not only it, but you've got a probability and then you've got you know we're getting very off topic doesn't matter no. you have the probability you have the probability of, of checkout but obviously knowing if i'm going to miss i'm going to hit a, a five and then yeah. i have to it's incredible thinking about it it was like they went into real depth and you don't think of it like that but it was like it's it's so true and it's like how clever these guys are because it's just like and obviously repetition as well but um you know when they say a lot of things when you know you learn at school and you don't use them afterwards you know i you know with my i mean that's what i'm trying to teach my daughter like you know we talk about money and we're doing all the pounds and shit and not pounds shilling and pence how old am i but, yeah, <laughs> pounds and pence and and she's and she's not relating to it because she does her robux on her game i go right 500 robux equals this so how much is and you're right it's just about finding a, a way to make it enjoyable um and yeah it's it, it's it's great and uh yeah i can see that the whole top you know your own personal top trumps and that's pretty okay actually you're wrong you're wrong actually antonio does have a better Can I show you something in my room like yeah, my, my family we were into my dad found this this is like in the mid 90s we created our own fantasy football leagues oh, in the wow. mid 90s how cool is that <laughs> so <laughs> I, again like, we were into our stats massively we had our own teams we had our own transfer markets you could buy and sell players and me and my cousins and we had different league tables yeah, that's 93, that's 94 season, 94 season. So we, like, again, we were, you know, we almost like creating a little business, creating yeah. values for players, but we were just having a game, having fun. Yeah. I think it's about learning. If you can make it fun, you can get kids really hooked into it. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And as you said, you know, but then, you know, having fun and, and being a West Ham fan, you know, don't necessarily go into, don't necessarily go into, particularly now, you know, obviously we didn't have football for, you know, over 100 days. And I think everyone got a bit used to that. And then it all started again and nothing had changed until obviously recently where we seem to have at least got ourselves out of the out of the, the poo um, and we'll be playing in the Premier League, hopefully, bar uh, yeah, a 99.99%. Like, yeah, exactly. I can say... I can say that we've made it. We've made it. <laughs> I was going to ask you, yeah, yeah, from a statistical perspective, uh, how safe we are. But yes, uh, it will be a hell of a hell of a swing if if that happens. But um, no, yeah. I mean, what do you think about the whole, obviously, football back and you know, m you must have obviously watched quite a lot of football as well. Are you busy? Too but much, obviously, watch. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous, oh, isn't it? I've been watching every like. It, the, I think the thing is, I am in the late nineties, early two thousands. So my dad decided he'd get Sky for us. But then uh, Sky Sports, and then we were like watching everything, like Tranmere Rovers. And my dad's like, if I get this, uh, my kid's education is going to go down the pot. So he, so he stopped it. And then so we ended up having to like, if we wanted to watch a game, we had to go to our cousin's house. So our uncle and Sky. So we'd watch the games there. But it meant that we couldn't watch every single night. Because yeah. again, as adults now, we've got you know, Sky and BT Sports. And now under lockdown, I'm watching too much football again. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the thing is, like, I again, I used to go to every game. Um, at Upton Park or London Stadium but then as work got busy now yeah. it's more difficult so my family we share the tickets around but yeah lockdown's been dangerous because now I'm just watching everything like it doesn't matter if it's an inconsequential mid-table clash or if it's like um, even like was it Juventus Lazio yesterday seeing if Ronaldo would overtake Immobile like I don't really I don't really like Italian football anymore I used to love the the late 90s remember was it Channel 4 yeah Gazetta Go, Go Lazio I used, Go, I, yeah I yeah modern Italian football well, I'm just watching everything, so it's a bit dangerous. It's just taking out all my time. I know. I, I, I actually, to be honest, and I actually can't keep up. You know, I would look at my phone, and there's been three games on already. And I was like, when, when did that happen? You know, obviously, if it was a Bournemouth game, I knew it was happening. But if you said, like, you know, I don't know Leicester, Everton, or whatever, and you, 
oh, okay, nil-nil. Um, and you just saw these, oh, okay, Everton. Oh, they beat Sheffield United yesterday. Very good. But you're right. It's, it's We've had been like starving famine, isn't it? It's like, you know, from feast to famine or the other way around. They've had no football. Then this plethora of games like every day. And uh, and then it's over on Sunday. It's like the World Cup, isn't it? It's like the World Cup of Euros, isn't it? Like Yeah. And then, then Sunday, that's it. Stop. It's like, what? What, what do we do now? Yeah. And we have to wait like two months or whatever until they uh, until sort of mid September or when they think we're going to go back, but uh, or get the games back. But uh, yeah, it's it's weird. But hey, at least we're in the Premier League and there's a bar of nine point yeah. yeah, exactly recurring. Um, and so it's 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 good. But uh, and I've been I actually I've been impressed. I mean, you look how many points we've taken. Uh, and it's it's not bad. It, we're we've done all right. It's probably yeah, season like that. Was it the season? The 2002 to 3 1, where we got relegated, was it with 42 points? Yeah. Yeah. So 37 is, people just want to get 40 because we're not yeah. going to beat United. I'd want us to beat Villa in the last game to get that 40. That was a nice little. Yeah. It is. It's like, you know, it's, and until, until the last couple of seasons, it's always been how quickly we can get to 40. And, and I, I pray that next season, we get to 40 or we or bar Jan come up to January, we've got 30 odd points, and then we can have a good go at the cup. You know, I, that's what, what I was actually talking to my I was actually watching, was it United a couple of days ago when they lost to Chelsea? And I was saying my one of my brothers was saying, you know, the Chelsea suddenly just turn up because United didn't put their best team out when they rested yeah. uh Greenwood, Pogba, and Martial. And I think yeah. Oli, you could have won a cup. And I think yeah. with us, I know Manning had a different ball game, but with West Ham. If we can win a cup, a trophy, like do you remember that 2006 jet that Gerard? I love Gerard, he's a great guy. But yeah. he just, you know, was it 92nd okay. minute or 90th yeah, minute, yeah. last minute drive? Yeah. Oh, we could have had a trophy. Like if we win a trophy, that's like, and if you get, I know, I don't want to get relegated, it's not good. But what a trophy and being relegated, I'd take that rather than just constantly being, because when you know, when we're old and on our deathbeds, we remember the moments when we got those trophies lifting up the FA Cup or League yeah. Cup. Up and down, right. yeah, yeah, of course. We won't, we won't remember the season we finished twelfth under no. uh, or or tenth under Kerbishley, but no. you know it's funny though because everyone moans about it. We could have done with one of them this season, just just to, yeah. just to stop it, just to stop the rot a little bit. But you're right. I think a good cup run. Uh, that's what West Ham fans need. You know, we're not in it for the football. We know we're not going to win the title, um, but you said, you know, get those 40 points quick and have a good cut run. And, and as you said, it just lifts the whole team. Uh, you say that 2006 was amazing and it was a great a great occasion, you know, very, very bizarre game, but a great occasion. Um, so obviously, you know, since since you've been a fan, obviously we did the whole idea of this is my hammer's 11. And yeah. obviously you've been on Twitter and, and they... <laughs> And it's uh, and so you, you know you've made everyone aware of you picking your eleven. So there's a lot of pressure on you, Bobby. I know there is. There's a lot of pressure now. Application about players that you've seen. Otherwise, yes. I'm like I'm trying to think who do I drop from the legends, and I don't have to do that. I don't have to you think have about Billy Collins not making it. I've been upset. Been upset no, exactly. No, you don't. It's it's as lo- the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play, and obviously it means. Otherwise, after if we hadn't, after about ten episodes, it'd have been boring as bugger because okay. everyone would have picked, you know, Phil Parks, Bobby Moore, Alvin Martin. Do you, well, but, I, interesting. Do you, do you get people when they're picking their teams, people that pick the players from the eighties or from the noughties? Do they end up picking similar squads if they're picking a generation? Some, yeah. I mean, some people do. I mean, I, I'm. I, I spoke to one person once, and he said to me. Um, on the on the premise because we were talking about the players and I was like the players I loved as you know I still adore, and and he said you know you know I, he read a he read a piece of a piece of research about um, people's favourite music is when they're fifteen sixteen seventeen, and I think that's really true with football players as well. I think about the players that I adored, and it wasn't necessarily Pablo Zabaleta or Haller, but it is Ian Bishop. John Monker, people like that, who I was sort of my my era, um, and uh, and yeah, some people do. I mean, it's quite interesting actually. The the more I don't call them older fans, the more experienced fans, they will have. They were fortunate enough to see Bobby Moore play and Billy Bonds, but then they still include. It's a cross generational thing, you know. They will still include. Um, I don't know. I won't, I won't. I know your team, so I they might still include. Uh, um, I don't know. A Sebastian Haller, say 
or a Felipe Anderson or a Javier Margas or a Marco yeah. Bugas, just you know, because of the the impact they have at different times of their of the their sort of West Ham fan career. Um, and and that's what's quite nice because people have different obviously time reference points. Some mm-hmm. people may have only particularly a lot of the foreign based play uh, fans in the Hammers uh, American Hammers guys and people like that. They've only been fans for six or seven years, so they have a very different eleven. You know, people like Matt Taylor and Matt Jarvis, who we necessarily wouldn't put in there because we've got a bigger spread. I met Matt Jarvis once. He's a nice guy. He's on the. We're going to get him on the chat. He's coming on the channel soon. So yeah, oh. we're very fortunate. But um, but yeah, then that job's lovely guy. Getting, doing a lot of housework at the moment. That's why he hasn't been on the channel okay. yet. But, uh, but yeah, but it's it's great. And so you know, and so for you, you obviously you've got a nice spread. You know, so your spread is very similar to my spread, to be honest, Bobby. Yeah. So some players um, from like back in the early days of the Premier League, and some from right bang on. Some, in fact, what well, I think is one choice in my team that. People might go, you wouldn't have picked him two weeks ago. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not. I might not pick him. I might not pick him. Be. I'm person because he's done well since lockdown and I think this could be the start of him like, building a good couple of years for us. It could be, and we'll we'll talk about that because I think there's, I think, yeah, because we don't don't want to spoil it for anyone. No, I'm no, sure, no, some people could probably guess. Yeah, Spoiler guess. alert: it's not Jeremy Ngakia. I'm just saying that now. <laughs> just saying that now. <laughs> right, okay. Let's start with the, the the Bobby Eleven. So, who have we got between the sticks? Okay, uh, at the back. So I was thinking between like, I, I like David James. Like David James, like I, I think is. He's a, I think one thing I like about him is he's actually an artist. He's like a really talented, yeah. sensitive guy. He wasn't so great in Strictly. So I was thinking, oh, he's a good, he's a good bloke. I like him. Would you um, do Strictly, Bobby? Would you do Strictly? Funnily enough, I've actually had a chat with my school about st- and my university of stuff that I'm allowed to do. So you know, I was offered Celebrity Big Brother, and I turned that down because it's not it doesn't fit with me. Yeah. There are certain shows that I couldn't do because it wouldn't fit with my like not brand is the wrong word, but me as an educator. I know what you mean, yeah. Where Strictly would fit sort of. Almost perfect. Like I actually, did I was teaching for Ultimia Busse's um, home festival this summer, so I was there like geography, maths, history teacher. So that was <laughs> sort of like at some stage, yeah. If it came calling, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn it down. I wouldn't turn yeah. it down. You do little pirouettes when you're doing. We're talking about Pythagoras theories. I would dance to "I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles." I'm not kidding you. Do you know all D Martin version? A nice waltz. Yeah. Nice. That was, my, that was my wedding song. Um, anyway, yeah. so anyway, who's between the sticks? Okay, so this person, uh, he's a bit of a. I'm also doing like a reveal, like a bit of info. So yeah. it was like yeah, yeah. on university challenge, you build up clues and people could buzz in and guess who it is. So yeah, this person's yeah. a bit of a cult figure uh, for a club. And to be honest, like I remember my, iconically for one performance where we were not robbed. That's unfair. We gave Blackburn the title. So I'm about Man United. Upton Park, they just, if they've got the win, they would have got the title. I think the, the, a three-peat, a triple of the tri- title. But Man in the Sticks just stopped them. And a couple, right near the end, he stopped Andy Cole. And I remember going to school like, yes, this guy, this guy stopped Man United winning the title. Um, and I think he was, uh, he came from Czech Republic, played a, a few hundred games, 300 games for the club. So it's, it's Ludek, Ludek uh, McCloskey. He ended up being a goalkeeping coach for our club. Uh, but I think just like for me, it's like the first keeper I remember. Like, you know, we're talking about you pick some players as your childhood memories, others because they've sort of become prominent recently. But he's like my my first proper West Ham keeper and has always been my West Ham keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're right. You're right, totally. That that Man United game will always be his, his sort of... I don't know. He's sort of highlight reel because that was yeah, and and it was actually quite funny because I was I was watching some of the because my granddad always used to call him Loopy Ludo, God rest his yeah. soul, and uh, and I never really believed him, but he was like just a larger than life character, you know. And he was and it's great when you talk to the players and the and the players who played with him, and they all loved him. He was a lovely guy, and also some of the fans because he does a, he did a hell of a lot um, for like the Scandinavian hammers and stuff, and um, a lovely guy. Unfortunately, he won't come on the channel because he doesn't do. Um, doesn't do English uh, interviews very well. He oh, said so. It's a shame, but we never know. We might get him eventually. But he was kind enough to to to, be, to call me. Uh, right, okay. Ludo is in. Okay, nice. Um, I'll let you just carry on. You go in it whatever okay. order you want to. Okay, so I'll probably go. I'll go my back line. I go left back. So left back is not a very controversial choice. So this guy had a uh, thunderbolt of a left foot in the nineties. Proper hard man. It was like like our version of Vinnie Jones. Yeah. Um, had he had a couple of stints for us, um, and, and like if you look at his goal scoring record, fifty goals in about two fifty games. That is that is like proper 
top notch for a defender. Oh, a left back, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, was it one uh, player of the year four times? Properly tough on the tackle, solid penalty taker, solid free kick taker. A bit of a naughty guy, you know. Got in trouble, and I'm sure a couple of times with Decani, I got into like a bit of tussles on the pitch. Like, he's, yeah. but I just think larger than life character. Um, there's only to be honest, I'm struggling to think of any other person that can fit my, anyone's left back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jeez. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's like more than fifty percent of your. I, well, I believe it's more like sixty, almost seventy percent. I think it's between him and Raz Van Rat. Ah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> That's not, that's not. <laughs> yeah. Him we'll and Frank Lampard. No, yeah. um, it has to be Julian Dix. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, he was like, I mean, the, some of the first players of West Ham I liked were, um, I, I love Cotty, they were in the second spell. I love Dix, but Dix just like, because he's like smashing those goals. I remember in the playground trying to pretend to like smacking goals from, from, from distance. And so his pile drivers. Yeah, he was a brilliant player. He was, yeah, I think outside of, outside of West Ham, um he wasn't as he well he was his, his reputation went before him unfortunately um but we all knew what a good player he was and you know it, it, i think because he was relatable you know i could see him going in the pub and you know and it, the stories were true he would you know sit there before the match he wouldn't train he wouldn't warm up he would have a can of coke and a mars bar and then go out and play and that was true because i yeah, you know, wasn't it like professionalism people just played football would have a you know pint uh, after the game and yeah. it's just football I think was it who's who transformed was it Arsene Wenger did he change yeah. football culture in Premier League because back then you could just do what you wanted as long as you turned yeah. up did your bit of training played the pitch exactly. Yeah. exactly when you talk to the older players as well the Machiavellis of this world and stuff Ian Bishops yeah they tr- yeah they 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 partied hard, but then they played hard as well, and they wouldn't want. And that's and that and that's why I think you don't mind. You know, people, it, it was really relatable to that. And so I, I just think you know sometimes football footballers now is almost like they're it's so uber uber professional. You know, they, they have to be very very busy and stuff. And, and I just don't don't think you have the same. I haven't got the same. Um, uh, I've got the same sort of uh, allegiance to a Sebastian Haller as I do to John Moncur, for example. Yeah. You know, just because it, there's that relatability. And it's not because one's a foreign based player, because oh, yeah, people yeah, like Canio yeah. and stuff like that, but it's just the, the way the game's changed, unfortunately. And it's true. Every time, every person you speak to, or the older players, that's exactly what they say. Um, players don't hang around as long as they used to, as well, which I think why you don't get that steam. Right. Okay. Dixie's in. Uh, Ludo, Dixie, who's next? So I'm going to go for. So I'm going to go for a back three, mainly because yep. there are more attacking players I wanted to get in. Nice. <laughs> um, so I was thinking between uh, Ginger Pele. He was close. Um, and I wanted to give it to him. But how can I turn down one of the greatest talents that West Ham's youth has produced? I mean, one of the greatest defending talents England's ever produced. Um, and I almost wish we'd had him for longer. But at age of 19, for this player to become our player of the year, as a defender, to be player of the year is pretty special. Because if you're a midfield forward player, you get recognition. But as a yeah, defender, it's totally. so rare. Um, and in the end, he moved to Leeds for like 18 million. But yeah, Rio Ferdinand. And, and it was quite iconic. His first game, he came on as a sub for Tony Cotty. And it's like, how cool is that? One of our like proper club legends. And yeah. I know Rio's not like a legend in the sense of, you know, been there for like 10, 15 years. But his his youth and his know. development before he moved on to bigger things, you know, to, bigger, to, to England yeah. stardom. I, I've got to put Rio, like one yeah. of the greatest defenders ever. Yeah. Totally. And a lovely guy. And and he's one of those people. It's quite funny when he does other stuff. So when he was, know, he was on Peter Crouch's thing the other day and when you see him on telly, I still see him as a West Ham boy, despite the fact they put, you know, Man United captain and leader. You know, he was West Ham. He's still, <laughs> and he's still a West Ham boy. And obviously, you know, his brother and stuff like that as well. And Anton's uh, been a new channel, hasn't he? Yeah. 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 He's lovely. Yeah. He's a nice guy. And, and, and I, I mean, I, we hope one day we might get re, re he retweeted one of my, my oh, Tony Carr videos. So come on, Rio, come on. You could do it. You could do it. But uh, I'll get Anton on it on the case as well with him. Right. Okay. Rio. Uh, and who's going to be the third in your sort of my, yeah, back three? Yeah. So again, when we talk about like loyalty to clubs and people that have lasted. And this, this chap here, 17 years. Interestingly, he was born in um, Hartford, Connecticut in the yeah. US. I know it's like a strange, like looking at West Ham players, but I don't see him as a, uh, I know, I don't see him as an American guy. And he reminds me of myself as a player because like I was a, a defender, but I ended up being like, a utility player because I'm pretty competent, maybe moving to midfield if we needed, um, very loyal. Yeah. Um, Steve Potsy and like, yeah, 
he's again one of the early players. I remember when I got him as a sticker in my, you know, the Premier League Panini books. I was like, yes, Potsy Munker. They're the ones I used to get holds of for some reason. <laughs> yes. um, short guy, only 5'7". So I'm, I'm like 5'5 five, five myself. So I like short guys that do well. Yeah, and you yeah. know, Tim, like, was it Tim Breaker um, yeah. who were like trying to get that position? And I think because he's short, I felt like a bit more of an affinity. Affinity mm-hmm. and also someone that pretty much, I think he had, he played at the end for Daniel Redbridge for like 20 games. Yeah. But his career majority was with us. Yeah. And I think that loyalty, we don't see that. It's very rare. And again, one of our players later on I'll talk about has that sort of same loyalty. But it's yeah. very rare now in the modern game to see that what he had, like 85 to 2002. Uh, you know, almost like, yeah, almost like a Mr. West Ham pretty much. Yeah, he is. He is. And obviously, you know, he's still in the under 23 setup and, yeah. and stuff. like. And you're right. I mean, it, I remember interviewing tony gale or someone like that i think it was tony gale and, and he said that every year he was at west ham was almost a testimonial year and and you don't get that loyalty i mean that's why i think we need to like literally do something incredible for mark noble to have played 500 games for the club is is a in particularly in today's world is phenomenal yeah. let alone in you know any time of football and yeah. um and yeah we go well me and so we, i'm trying to do something for you know through the channel for for him and we'll be doing that soon hopefully but um yeah no he's a, he's a fantastic player and uh potsy uh, do you know what i i formed a with my mate i formed a a, a two-person fan club at the steve steve potts appreciation society I when i was about 12 yeah <laughs> we should get it going again we should get it going again but yeah i love potsy love potsy uh okay that's that he's a nice solid four including ludo um Carry on, Bobby. You go for Okay, so we're going to go to the midfield. Yep. So I'm picking a player that... Okay, so we've got, like, Potsy, like, 17 years at the club, dedicated yeah. beyond, you know, all measure, apart from maybe the modern Mr. West Ham. So this yes. player I'm picking, like, I've very rarely seen someone with a clown blue shirt with a level of skills, like the dribbling, the technique, the vision. Um, again, the way... He could, again, we talked about... Um, Dicks the way he could rifle a ball, but this person here, the way he could get a ball and just manipulate it into the corner. And there are a couple of goals. Was it a free kick against United? A free yeah. kick against Bournemouth. I was watching him recently on YouTube, and the Bournemouth free kick. It's just like, how does he just get the ball right into that corner? Um, and it's yeah, it's, it's Dimitri Payet. Yeah. I know he's only there for a couple of years, but he played less than fifty games for us. But like his debut, we were playing against Arsenal, Emirates, um, and I think he assisted uh, Coyote. Um, and we yeah. want to know. And for that moment, I was like, oh, this player looks pretty decent. Yeah. And he, is he, do you reckon he's world class? At his peak, he was, he was, he was, yeah. he was, he was well. I mean, he was, you know, we, we don't get many Ballon d'Or nominees. He was, you know, technically, he was the uh, 13th best player in the world that season. Crazy, I know, crazy. And he played for West Ham. I know. Absolutely mental. And particularly for my, for, you know, it was like he, it doesn't very often happen at West Ham where you've got a player that all your mates who don't support West Ham want in their team. Know. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I, I live in Hornchurch, so, you know, we've got a lot of Tottenham fans, obviously, mainly West Ham. But even my mates, my schoolmates, you know, my old school, you know, we might be playing Liverpool and Liverpool fans. He goes, oh, Dimitri Pye, I'd love him in my team. And he was our player. And I think, and I was talking to, I was talking to, I think it was Gonzo um, from Hammers Chat. We were talking about that, the song, because obviously the song, which we invented, then people nicked for Ozil and stuff like that. And and yeah, it's almost a celebratory song, but actually he had a nice slant on it. He thought it was almost like disbelief. You know, we've got Payet. I just don't think we understand. <laughs> you know, know. It's like, it so true. But I, it was, you're right, 50 games, but he made such an impact for the modern fan. Um, and any fan, you know, the because that last season was incredible. It wouldn't have been the same without him in that team. Yeah, I think it's, like when we talk about West Ham, the way we play the ball, again, we're not a team that's going to be in the conventional big six, but we look about yeah. the quality of what we play. And, you know, a lot of people talk about us, our club being like a neutrals favourite. And yeah. Pilot almost represents a bit of that because he's yeah. got that skill and that vision where if you don't like West Ham, you know nothing about you watch and go, that's a good club. They, they, they know how to play football. And Pilot represents that, even though only for a couple of years. And again, it's a bit of a shame at the end. And again, it just shows you modern football it's more it becomes much more there's so much money involved yeah because about other things but you know for a while we had someone that was i remember, do you remember watching was it the euros watching pilot yeah. france and like that's crazy that's our player that's west ham yeah. player lighting it up on you know the international stage yeah exactly i mean seeing you know people walking around you know essex with french shirts with pilot on the back and it's like 
weird but yeah it was it was a sense of pride and we, we haven't had that you know um not in my time i can remember you know, very rarely you, know, you get you get a player who performs in the international stage like that and he was just back it was it, i was honored that he played for us because it was it was an honor to watch him play as you said you know you would know anyone sort of the, the statistics involved the trajectory to get those, those you know the spin on that it was oh. it was incredible an absolutely incredible player uh, and and it works and it was it just the start the stars don't usually align for West Ham but that time they did they had the right manager the right player he knew how to work with him and obviously you know that last season was just magical at Upton Park right who's next then who's okay, next so we're now in the centre of the park so going for someone that had two spells for us yep. um, frustratingly the spells were before his peak well, one, 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 yeah. one, was, one was at his end uh, but you know, in terms of like pure talent on the ball one of the most precocious talents ever uh, to emerge from our from our system yeah you uh, reminded me maybe just a bit more of an adult i thought like actually i could see a bit of gaza in this guy the way he yeah. had this touch the craft and the ball and he could like also you know that fernando bruno fernandez manning the way he could see things this guy could just see things and yeah. lift the ball um yeah he came back to us um, I think it's a shame. So I, the first season I watched him properly was the year that we got relegated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In that year, we had a great team that year. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, Joe, Joe Cole, for me, yeah. just, again, I think he like represents like even more than Pyatt because he was uh, one of our youth players. The yeah. players that we 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 develop players that can pick out a pass, players with vision because he, he's not a big player. He's a, he's a no. short. I think I think at West Ham we're not we don't you know we don't have many many like, you know there's a Billy Bond six foot three he's coming up you know we don't have the six huge huge yeah. player. But players that are small, compact, can pick a pass, and Joe Cole represented, I think, the best of that. Yeah, you're totally. Although actually saying that, recently, since the restart, we've we've had this sort of, you know, we've someone like Suchek, and you know, how many heady goals have we scored and corners, and and we're not. It's amazing, but uh, but you still got the people like the Bowens who are just like stocky. I like, it's brilliant. I think, oh, do you know what? I, I was, I was more, ex I was just excited when we signed Dean Ashton as when we signed Boeing because he's young, he's hungry and he has got the grit in his teeth and I, I love him. But yeah, Joe Cole, he was like, you're right. He came, he came at the bookends of his career with us, but, uh, you know, in theory, he was with us since he was 12, 13, you know, and he was just... I've seen the video of him, um, was it the Milk Cup, one of those, um, when he's at 13 or 12, I saw it on YouTube recently. Yeah. He's a little lad, and he's been tearing it up and just saying, yeah, I want to, I love West Ham, and, you know, I'm just going to keep working my game. Yeah, it's just... Uh, Brilliant. I lo yeah, I loved him. Magician. I loved him. He, he was, yeah, he was a magician. And because, and you're right, he, had, he was technically so gifted, but because he was one of our boys, there's more... People revere him even more, don't they, because of that? Um, yeah, I love Joe Cole. All right, okay, Joe's in. You're doing well so far, Bobby. I'm, you know, this is pretty much my team. Okay, who else? Who's okay. next? So we're going, my, this is my captain. Yeah. Um, he's only a couple of years younger than me. He's a Canning Town lad. So I wonder if we ever cross paths. I met him subsequently doing work for the West Ham Foundation, but I wonder okay. if we ever cross paths on a bus um, uh, in our school days. Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, he's, he's had you know, 500 appearances in the club. He's played for us, apart from, he had a couple of loan spells, was it at Harlan uh, Ipswich? Yeah. Um, and this is a player that should have, I think, should have got an England full cap. He got caps yeah. at under 16, 17, 18, 21, and he even turned down the chance to play for Ireland. His, his, his grandparents, I think, uh, from his mum or dad, mum dad's side, are from Cork. Yeah. But he said, no, yeah. no, I'm going to give it to someone else. I don't want to just pick up the shirt and disrespect someone else's opportunities. Like, he's got so much respect, so much royalty. Um Mr. West Ham, Mark Noble, like uh, yeah. I think this guy's gonna be gonna be a manager one day. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so rare to find a player you were talking about, not just in the modern game, but any sort of historical yeah. era, 500 games for one club, that loyalty. And I know like his legs aren't what it what they used to be, no. but just he, his heart on his sleeve. And that's why I want because sometimes we get Premier League, we get these foreign players, and we need them, they, they, they add value to the Premier League because they're like world stars. But sometimes they come because they know it's like, oh, London's a great place to be. Premier League will boost their status for brands and stuff. But Mark Noble, he's like a local lad, puts everything on the pitch. And again, he supports the community, supports charity work here. He's a hammer of the decade, 2010s. Like, if, even if we did like a hammers of all time, I know Bobby Moore, We'll probably end up being the hammers captain. I would put him like my vice captain of all time because he just represents literally everything it means yeah. to be a 
Yeah, you're totally right. And obviously, I'm fortunate enough because I'm one of the 300 to go to the games at the moment. Um, yeah, play the music. So or clearly, they need to know what stadium they're playing at. Um, and, yeah, and stuff like that. And so I'm one of the 400 there, uh, 300 there. And, and um, I, I was gutted I didn't record it on my phone or whatever. But, but Mark wasn't, that Chelsea game, Mark wasn't playing. So he was sat um, in the disabled Bay because that's all actually yeah social distance already because obviously they'd have, they'd have space for their wheelchair access so it was him David Martin and 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 when that third goal went in when Yama scored and obviously there was a I think it was there was a photo taken where they showed the bench from behind Yama and you saw like Bowen's face like like a little schoolboy seeing Mark Noble celebrate that goal he he almost punched a hole in the wall he was so so much joy and as soon as that final whistle went he jumped over the barrier to run down the stairs and run into the tunnel and it's like he still despite the fact that you know he's played 500 games and da, 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 he still has this enthusiasm for the club and it's the same as us you know we, we've been supporting West Ham for god knows how long and we yeah. still get excited we still know they're not going to turn up against Watford <laughs> well I did but yeah turn up against a Watford and they'll turn up yeah, against yeah. a Man United but uh he still has it and I, I absolutely adore the man I was watching the um the Iron Men video, a film the other day, it was obviously Amazon Prime and nothing mm-hmm. to do. I've watched Tiger King, so I thought I'd do that. Yeah. And um, and oh, the man, he just he, he he just get got me again, just watching him talking about West Ham and stuff. And obviously, um, the the club did his five hundred little video for YouTube. Which honestly, if anyone has a dry eye after watching that, oh. they are not human. It was beautiful. It was beautiful piece of work. And um, oh, I love the man. I absolutely love the man. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say as soon as he's um, finished playing, get him on the, you know, get him his coaching yeah. badges, get him to work with our youth, build yeah. him up because we've got someone, I think he could be a manager for like 10, 15, 20 years. He could be yeah. one of them. Could be one yeah. of them. And I, right. I know, like, I'm, we're not a top six club, but I can genuinely imagine like in 20 years time, we could end up being like one of those clubs that break in if we got someone like Noble that gives us stability. No, I totally, I know what you mean. I totally agree. And I, I interviewed Kevin King, and one thing he said was he has been getting, you know, listening, you know, getting in Mark's ear about becoming a, because apparently he's fantastic with the kids because they look up to him because he's Mister, you know, no disrespect, but if you're a twelve year old boy and or twelve year old girl and you've got, you know, Kevin King, who they don't know who he is, but this guy who's a, who's the captain of West Ham, you know, he's going to have this longevity as a coach for many, many years. But um, Mark's, I think once he retires, yeah, he'll get his badges. You know, I don't think he'll be able to leave the ground for more than, you know, five minutes. So he's sort of stuck there, isn't he? <laughs> so, you know, those dogs when they're really long, really long lead. That's oh, yeah, getting back, getting back. <laughs> really back in. Right. Nobs is in. Who's who's next there, Bobby? So, so, uh, so we've got back three. We're going to yeah. have a four in the yeah. midfield. Um, and I'm going to put... Um, so this guy, I think, is, if you mention him to most people in the public, they'll probably remember an amazing bicycle kick outside the box, not for our club, but for QPR. Or yeah. when he celebrated when Beckham scored against Argentina a penalty and you see him going into the corner. Uh, but for me, again, the time when I was really getting into hammers. And again, unfortunately, a few of the players I picked were the ones I properly saw in the year that we got relegated. As yeah, well, yeah, as yeah. Season ticket. So he was in that season as well. Uh, but Trevor Sinclair, yeah. um, just the way he'd, like, he'd bomb up and down um, the pitch to, and, and got his fair share of goals, got close to 40 goals for the club. Mm. And there's, I think there's one goal, was against Derby County. Yes. Um, but the boxing day. Boxing day is always great. It's like, you know, like yeah. we're talking about football all the time. Between Christmas and New Year, we got loads of football. It's almost like we're living in that period now. Yeah. <laughs> So continually for that, about a month yeah no yeah he's got that scissor kick goal um so like yeah i love trevor like he's a bit controversial nowadays and sometimes his statements on twitter or well, i guess mm. if you're a media personality you've got to say things to to get people to almost like clickbaity sometimes yeah. but as a player like i, I love him he's only five years but you know um he's still a club as well. You're right, and he played for England again. Another another player who who was performing at a World Cup for us, and you know he was still a West Ham player when he was at that World Cup, and yeah. um and you know he still loves the club, you know you know it's, it, he still sees interaction. And one day we'll get him on he, again. Lots of he lots of tweets. He likes loads of my tweets, but he doesn't. He does, but uh, we'll get him on. We'll get Trevor. We'll get him all in now, Bob. Now you're on. We'll get him all in, son. But um no, yeah, I love tricky Trev. Honestly, and again, I always talk about my granddad. God rest his soul. But he uh, his eyesight was going when we used to go to West Ham, and anything that was done well 
by a black player for West Ham was Trevor Sinclair. Yeah. It may have been, I don't know, David James in goal or whatever, but it was Trevor Sinclair, bless him. And oh, I loved him, honestly. And I think he's, he was one of those... I can see a lot of parallels to another player you're going to be talking about um, soon. You know, just quick, fast, quick, strong runner. And uh, we, we don't get that enough in the in the Premier League. Everyone's too clever. And yeah, wingers. We don't get we don't no. have those good wingers. It's where yeah. people. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess the game's changing, but yeah, one of those like solid in the wing. Yeah. And he was like, you know, him down one ring. And, you know, we used to have loads of good left wingers like, I know, Matty Effrington and Les- Lazaridis and yeah. even before that, Matthew Rush and people like that. And they were just proper wingers, you know, just run to beat the fullback and cross it in as long as you got a good striker in, you know. And Trev did, you know, he had obviously that, the, cro- the cross for the goal, the goal, yeah. you know, that was him, right. you know. And it was, uh, and obviously he had Hearts and people like that as well. But um, yeah, no, big fan of Trev. Okay, who we got next? Who we got next? Okay, so we got the midfield four. Yeah, and in front of the forward line, I'm going to put someone in that pocket. Nice. So this person, um, yeah, like I don't know how to describe him. Man, myth, legend. Um, uh, okay, most people are going to remember him for one of the greatest Premier League goals ever. But yeah. the thing that I often remember him for is the two things. One is one I saw myself in the ground, but another one is when we were playing against Everton. And I think the keeper got injured. Yeah. And instead of like he picked up the ball instead of going and scoring, and everyone's like, that, that's just from another era. Yeah. And Paolo, Paolo Di Canio. Yeah. Just like exactly. that just represents him because he's I think he's like he's bigger than football. He's big. He's bigger than sport. He's like this. He's just like larger than life character. And obviously, added to that, he's got that heart. He's got that like that gift, that vision. And yeah. you know, when you look at all time, not just West Ham goals, but all time Premier League goals. That that volley with the outside of the boot, um, that, that's got to stand up. What top five goals? Against top goal. I mean, I mean, it's got to be one of the best, isn't it? I can't really think. Maybe Rooney. Rooney's going to score that goal against uh, Shimmer, um, that City, was Shimmer, though, wasn't it? Against Man City. Yeah, that's still, uh, it's still, uh, I mean, yeah, it's always constantly voted the best goal in Premier League, and you can see why. And, and talking to players around that era who, who trained with him, he was doing that every week, every day in training, every day he was scoring that those type of goals and. No, again, United wanted him. again, I think he felt very loyal to us because we picked him yeah. up after the the was it the Alcock Sheffield Wednesday yeah. incident, and then Ferguson wanted him in two thousand and one, yeah. and he's like, no, 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 I'm staying. And again, that, that's he's someone that again he demonstrated. He, I think, because we we showed him faith. We're like, yeah. we, we're going to bring you in, and he repaid sort of repaid that back by saying, I'm going to stay with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. He, I mean, the man's got man's got ink with us. You know, he's inked himself. He's got a West Ham tattoo, and you know, and uh, again, one of these, you know, and I, it might be I don't know the, the passion of the Italian fans, and maybe you saw the same passion in the West Ham fans, and that's why you had this sort of. I mean, I always talk about a story that. Um, uh, Nicky Hawkins from West Ham Fan TV, they were doing a, a, a Q&A, you know, and they get the players on, and Paolo was the person they were interviewing, and he turned up you know, looking a million dollars, you know, bronzed cool. glasses, all the suit, Armani suit and whatever. And they said, pal, you're looking good, mate. And he just went, I always dress up for my family. Uh... That's it. And that was it. You know, blubbing away I was, but I always said, because that's the man that, you know, and I just, I just think he's a, although Pyatt was technically the best player I think I've ever seen at West Ham, De Kenya was the best player because I think you've got the technicality, you've got the charisma, you've got the passion, you've got the heart. And I just think you need all of those. It's, it's, it's a Venn diagram, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a pie, and he's in the middle, isn't he? Right back in the middle. Actually, fact, like you mentioned his Italian background and, um, uh, so we got our Paolo Di Canio song, you know, the Paolo yeah. Di Canio. So I remember in my Monkman and Seagull BBC series one, the first one, uh, we're walking, we're in a library, Gladstone, Prime Minister Gladstone's library. And then by chance, again, we, it's not scripted, we just walk past the opera section. I was telling my mate, uh, again, on the on camera, saying, oh, there's a book here by, uh, there's a Verdi opera, Rigoletto. And I was telling him, have you heard of Rigoletto? And Eric knows pretty much everything about it. Yeah, <laughs> and I said, well, there's a there's an aria called La Donna Mobile. And us West Ham fans, like many other fans, we adopted that. La Donna Mobile, La Donna Mobile. So right on BBC Two primetime telly, I'm there <laughs> teaching my mate, uh, Eric Monkman, like one of the legends of Universe Challenge, the Paolo Di Canio song. And I wasn't oh, sure God. how he'd react. But he started singing along going, Paolo Di Canio. And <laughs> the, fact that the, the cameraman and the crew, they were like, what are they on about? But they kept it in because they just, they just like, I don't know, it's a bit like, yeah. yeah. 
and I know exactly what it is. And it's like you just got next, just getting next Bobby to do his eerie's there, his every everywhere John Munker. That's what you got to do. That's that's your task for next time. Next time, yeah. next thing is to get that in. I'm actually a descendant of Gladstone. I did my ancestry doc. Really? Yes. Can't you tell by the sort of you know? But yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The eloquence and the the confidence. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's what it. That's what it is. Yeah, I am. I did. You know, it was it was because I remember my my nan. I don't know why we're talking about this, but it doesn't matter. Um, I remember there was in my nan's house there was always a picture of Gladstone. And I was like, you know, obviously I was learning about history. And I was like. Why is that there? And she went, oh, we're, we're related. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And obviously, then you do your ancestry thing, and it's like, you know, .co.uk or whatever. And, and yeah, I, I found the line. I was like, oh, my God. But anyway, you know, we we digress, as, as always we do. Um, so, yeah, DiCadio is in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I watched that clip, actually. It was very funny. Um, yeah, bless him, because he didn't really know what was going on to start off with, did he, Mark? Yeah, he doesn't want anything. Opera? Okay. DiCadio, who's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just sing along, bless him. Right, okay. So we've got Decania in the hole. So who's yeah. going to be spearheading this this team then, Bobby? Who have we got? Okay, so I gave a hint about one of the players. Yes. Um, so this is someone. If you'd asked me two months ago, would I put him? I'm not too sure. So he, he's um, the first time I met this player was actually three years ago. I was invited by West Ham when I started doing work at the foundation, yeah. um, and it was at half time. He was injured, and the club were like, "Oh, go to this player. Go and have a chat with Bobby." And I ended up having barbecue chicken wings with this player at halftime in a game. He was injured, so he was doing like press work. And I choked this guy. He's like really down to earth, humble guy. And again, if you look at his career, he started at Mitchum and Tooting. Yeah. And he was at Benning, had loan spells at Cheltenham, at Colchester. So you'd think you're not going to end up being a Premier League player. But he ended up, uh, you know, playing for West Ham at 20, for, was it? He moved it to us 2015. Um, and he's always been there and thereabouts. And again, I'll remember him for his. The, the goal that broke Spurs' 100% record at their new stadium. And yeah. the dance. Oh, um, we know who we're talking about. It's Mikel Antonio. Yeah, but the man. lockdown, he's been on fire, this oh, guy. brilliant. Do you think Moyes, again, you know Moyes, what he did to Arnautovic, started making him effective in the box. And Antonio now, who else got better stats than him in the Premier League? Yes, he I saw something the other day, and his, his stats are off the chart since restart. Yeah. Um and 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 same as something like Suchek. Suchek's run more than anyone else, and Bowen's got as many assists as someone else. And yeah, he's 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 an absolute beast. And when he's when he's got the bit between his teeth, which he has in the last, he's, all, right he's brilliant and it, it's great. I just want I, the only thing is I'm always worried with him that he's one injury away from another. I always think that, Do you know what I mean? Probably the first time I met him was because he was on an injury break. <laughs> we're getting him to do like press relations uh, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm always got to, you know, the game against Norwich, um, when he got that fourth goal, I started Googling, oh, who else has got five? Because Aguero, Berbatov, Defoe, uh, Shearer and Cole are the only players I've ever got five. And I was thinking, Moyes, just let, just keep him on, keep him yeah. on 12 minutes. Norwich are letting in goals left, right and centre. He could have got that. I reckon he could have got the fifth and the club would have willed him on. But, you know, he's got four. Yeah. That's going to yeah. be a better He's brilliant. And, and, and the only thing that, that has disappointed me about Antonio's career at West Ham particularly in the last, since Kevin Nolan's come on, is he hasn't done a chicken dance as a celebration. Oh, yeah. I can't believe he hasn't done it. Even though Nor he thought Norwich, the fourth goal, he could have come over and done that and it would have been hilarious. He but was. yeah, but uh, he's done the, done the Macarena, he's done the worm, he's done it all. Did, 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 it was the one on the floor, the one he did on the yeah, floor. Yeah, the Homer Simpson one. Yeah, yeah. Homer Simpson one. But uh, yeah, no, he's great. He's great. I just hope that, you know, after, after restart, you know, next season he can have a proper run with yeah. with Haller up front, and because Haller likes working with him, you can yeah. tell. And I need someone like an Antonio. And it's made. You've got Bowen, uh, Haller, and Antonio. That's your three, and it's it's, it's right it would scare the crap out of anyone. So, uh, so yeah, no, it's it's very good. Okay, Antonio is in. Who is the last piece? So the thing is, I was tempted to put Tevez. Because, you yeah. know, that he saved us, the, the little Houdini trick, the last, you know, I, we got him through strange means. We'll just yes. call it that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just say I, that. I was very, very tempted to put him down. Um, but in the end, I ended up picking someone closer to home. Um, someone that, again, I told you, I played against when I was seven, eight, nine. Absolutely destroyed me. Uh, ended up going to my school. Um, but I'm picking him more for, like, I think this guy, not just what he did at West Ham, but what he's shown as a striker, like he's the eighth top scorer in Premier League history. And also what he's done with um, little Bradley Lowry a few years ago. Yeah. Like he's got like, footballers sometimes are seen as a bit detached from us because obviously, you know, they, they live very wealthy lifestyles. But Jermaine Defoe is like, not just a top quality striker, knows how to play, really smart, 
you know, scored a winning goal for England in the World Cup. Was it Slovenia, Slovakia um, in the South Africa World Cup? But he's got a proper heart to goal as well. What he did with Bradley Lowry. And I think for that, he's ascended football into like another level. Like, you know, we talk about players that move beyond football and he's done that for a lot of people in the public. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And you're right. He was a great striker for us, you know, and it was like, he was, you know, obviously it went a bit sour and, you know, but he's, he's admitted that he went wrong and he, you know, he wished he hadn't have done it. Um, and uh, he was great. And, you know, we don't get any of any little, I mean, Hernandez at a time, he could have been that sort of, you know, but he was a bit past it. But we, since Tony Cotty, you haven't had that sort of small nippy striker. And, and he was, and he was that. And, you know, he he scored some great goals for us, and he was the, the winner against United at Old Trafford. Yeah. Being Man United is always a always a pleasure. It's always Man United. It's always Man United. Old Trafford, with the Bartes putting his hand up. Yeah. Um, um, will we do it again uh, this season? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? As I said, I've got to talk to uh, I've got to talk to one of the fan on their fans' websites tomorrow morning. So we'll see what. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah for banter for banter apparently so god knows what that's going to be but it'll be up that'll be up before this goes up but uh bobby man it's been it's been amazing it's been really really nice talking to you i feel like a kindred you know you're my kindred spirit because you know i've got that you know in a sort of mass and geeks i've been in this west ham as well i know i know i know and i can't i'm not allowed to get it out too much so my wife just looks at me like i'm an idiot when i when i talk about things and but it's nice i appreciate your time and obviously you know really really busy and stuff and obviously guys you know wednesday eight o'clock got the football quiz n8 for the nhs as always on the you know, follow bobby on twitter um i'm sure you'll do anyway and obviously the family quizzes on sunday and stuff and uh you can have a little bit of a rest, Bobby, until... Uh... Yeah, so I'm writing a couple of books this summer. I'm doing a... Oh one is a non-so-exciting maths textbook. Yeah. The second one I'm writing is almost like a Tracy Beaker meets Curious Instance of the Dog in the Nighttime, like a fiction, like famous five mystery... It's like an adventure book with kids solving puzzles along the way. And like, in my cool. mind, I'm writing it so that one day it can be made into like a television series as well. So I'm sort of got a mind... Oh, my mind. God, that's that's so up my daughter's street. That's unbelievable, yeah. Bobby. So she like loves... She loves all that. That's brilliant. Oh, I'll keep an eye out for that. Anyway, thank you so much, Bobby, for your time. And obviously, thank you to everyone for watching. Uh, liking, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And uh, until next time, for me and Bobby, take care, everyone. Stay safe and come on your irons. Come oh, on, yeah. big game. Big game this week. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.